And you are listening to Motorhead Monthly. Used to be the only Motorhead podcast, but now there's like an official one, so we're fucked with Is that he? gimmick, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, there's that one that not a lot of people are a big fan of. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check it out. I haven't I haven't really paid any attention to it. It's been on my list for ages. I haven't heard it because yeah. it's just been slaughtered by a lot of people. I'm surprised at that because when well, they, uh, I heard they were getting like good guests and stuff, like people who had stuff to do with the albums and or just yeah. People are picky. What are you gonna yeah. do? So this is the first album we've done while in lockdown, and the rest has been a lot of filler, basically. Yeah, yeah, we've been struggling to to put together filler episodes. Hmm. We tries. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I think that it. Was describing us playing an Amiga game really enthralled a lot of people. It it was a terrible game as well. <laughs> I wonder if the sales of those went up. We'll get around to them, I'm sure, at some point. He appears in a Brutal Legend, and and he voices a character in Scarface for PlayStation Two. So you know. Oh, you're not playing Brutal Legend. It's you'd like it because it's like a tactical uh, battle game, basically. <laughs> I really hate the mechanic of it, but the music's just fucking great, and the sense of humor of it is good as well. But anyway, like we're talking today about the sixteenth studio album, Hammered, which is. A personal favourite of mine. If it weren't for Mo, uh, uh, what, what was the last album we did? We Are Motorhead. My favourite album. This is definitely my second favourite. And I think we'll get on to it because I think the next album, that holds a close place to me, but I think it's because it was the first one I bought when it came out. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the same. This is the first album that I like heard. Motorhead have got a new album out, got it, and I've actually got it on vinyl and CD, and it's the first vinyl I ever bought. The first vinyl I bought for years. I don't think I bought anything after this apart from a, you know, the odd charity shop Tom Waits thing. So first edition LP there as well. Mine first edition, mate. Yes, yeah, PV. Mine's the repress. Yours is probably in better whack than mine. I don't know why mine's in such bad shape for something that I never listened to. I don't know how you keep these vinyl covers looking nice. I know, I need to get some some of the bags for mine, but I'm I'm quite surprised. Like I've ordered a few very old stuff or a few very old bits over the last few months. So I've got like copy of Louis Louis, and like seen oh, as that was released that. in '78, like thirty two, like nearly fifty years or approaching fifty years old. It's like surprising, it's in as good as Nick as it is, but <laughs> yeah. Let's let's start with what I want to talk about straight away because that would be a good place to start. Let's start talking about the album cover because what a fucking great album! I love a nice classic, clean, simple thing like this. This is like Ramon style, man. Look at it, beautiful. It's fantastic, isn't it? It's like I had this on like a flag, uh, which I got because yeah. I got like some fabric posters which I had in my room for ages, and I had I had the Metallica Justice for All, um, the Slayer Eagle. Uh, with the swords and the pentagram, which, like, looking back is Nazi as fuck, and I probably shouldn't have had that <laughs> up. And, um, yeah, hammers. Um, 
but yeah, the Hammond the Hammond one's ace. It's I think it was done for like was it they would they were gonna use it for one of the anniversaries or something and then Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, they just used it for, for the album cover, but like just a, a obviously just classic design, just not put in too much, but they've added in the you know, the the three pointed arrow and things like that. Yeah, and it, from it the last just, album. We were talking about that on the cover of the last yeah. album. On the well on the in the inlay. But yeah, just it, it seems to go with the look with a band at, at this stage because Lemmy started wearing like you know the the general's jacket with the mm-hmm. the gold like piping and lapels and and the hat and it. it's yeah it just well it just creates a nice like you know image of like not royalty but of class I guess yeah it, it really feels and it, like... and it, it, it captures everything about Motorhead as well because it's got the snaggletooth front to center it's got the ace of spades at the bottom so it's the heritage there and it's got the, like the three way line thing of this two thousand era Motorhead. But yeah, like um, amazing cover. I mean, we are motorheads, like a class cover, just because it's metal. But this is like this feels like it's something special, like it's celebrating like an anniversary. And I'm, I think it's like yeah, what would have this been? Two thousand two, and like this is what I find. Yeah, this is what I find a bit weird because like it technically twenty five since Motorhead came out, so. 25 years so it works for that but then sort of they sometimes have the start date as being 75 rather than 77 i i don't know i i kind of class it as 77 because that's the the first official album came out and it's the album with the three-piece lineup the classic lineup it's not on parole which was you know that that lineup didn't last much further past that album. <laughs> Can I do a quick anecdote about this uh, logo before we move on? Remember when on. we went to see Motorhead and uh, Alice Cooper in the MEN? Oh yeah. Was Joan Jett on that as well? Was that another? Yeah, one it was Joan of? Jett, Motorhead, and Alice Cooper. Yeah. So it was like and co-headlines. I, yeah, great fucking gig that. Uh, I had like the Motorhead album. Like in insignia here is like a metal badge on my battle jacket on my sleeveless, and I it got lost in the pit somewhere, and I was fucking devastated. And I I a whole walk back, you know where like the MEN arena is, there's like a McDonald's and shit in there. And like I was walking, it's like oh I've stepped in something because there's this weird clicky noise, and under my boot was the badge, and I've still got the badge, but the face has been like worn down on it now. <laughs> so good save, yeah. I, I'd say. That that was a great gig, that. Um, it was one, Because it... <clears throat> I think they even said before they came out, like, we haven't got as long as we'd like, so we're just going to play the hits and well, back have on, yeah, no breaks. On the whole, like, uh, nostalgia thing we're talking about, this was the first time I saw Motorhead on tour when they were touring this album. Because mm. I remember, like, the big fuck-off backdrop of this logo as well. Yeah. So this is all just coming from a good um, motorhead place in my motorhead life, this album. Like the nostalgia of it alone is in, is enough reason to give it a ten out of ten, but then it's a solid album as well. Yeah. I know it's it's sort of this era where they've they've really found the stride after Yeah. Um Overnight Sensation say. was a bit hit and miss. Snakebite Love was a bit hit and miss as well. And now you've got We Are Motorhead, this and Inferno that really seems to kick off the don't want to call it renaissance at the band, but they almost seem to find like, 
I don't know if it's to do with the climate at the time because you had a lot of new battle bands coming out and everything and people sort of, again, because Motorhead's sort of universal because you get like metalheads and punks and now you get this new generation who are who were discovering Motorhead and like, I mean, some of the gigs at that time were, were amazing. I mean, like you say, at this time, you know, playing, playing the MEN, like, Mo- I know it was co-headlining with Alice Cooper, but seeing as they've just been playing, like the academies and like the university venues around the UK, obviously quite significant step up. This is peak cultural zeitgeist Motorhead, well, the start of, and because of this yeah. album, did you have the double album of this, by the way? The uh, the CD double no, CD. That was where they put their Motorhead for Triple H theme on. Of course, yeah, yeah, of course. So a lot that's of people where they got came a lot of fans as well. Yeah, exactly. So that's why it really boomed, I think. But it's like like you were saying there as well. Like they knew the process at this point. That a lot of the reviews of the time, like the Rolling Stones review, is just like, this is a classic Motorhead album that's just cleaner. And it sounds better for the time. And even the people who were in the studio with them. So the the producer on the album said, uh, and I quote, uh, we didn't have to worry about getting a single mix ready. So I just did my best on every song. Basically what he's saying is like, they knew what Motorhead were about at this point. They're like, yeah. we're just going to make this studio album and we're just going to go on tour. And that's where the, the bread and butter is going to be. Yeah. Who's the producer on this? I assume it's Cameron Webb. It's Tom, Pananzaro, Chuck Reed, and Lemmy. Oh, yeah. Pan- I know Cameron Uzo. Webb did a lot of stuff around this time, but... I think he might have not been involved as much in the 2000s. But it's more of what every producer that's worked with Motorhead said. Like, there were there were a lot of shouting matches. There was stuff that they would... Adam had to be one way, and Lemmy said, no, that's not going to happen but by the end of it. Like, they just, like, shook hands and said, like, yeah, we didn't go work there. Yeah, I mean the the mix is great. I you're gonna gush over this album more than I am, I think. Um, but yeah, some some great stuff on it. But the mixing's fantastic. It's it's a great sounding album, along with We Are, as well. Some of the mixing was a bit up and down on Snakebite and everything. But like this is this just sound. This looks great. And sounds great. The other interesting thing about the studio book, they they do talk. Phil talks about how uh, the process is like a day to day thing with no planning, which is really annoying to people who run studios. But it's worked for them. Uh, the mm. other interesting interesting thing is this was actually recorded in two thousand and one, and you know what day they started recording? Oh, I've heard it's after nine eleven, isn't it? September September tenth was the first day they went in the yeah. studio. So there is stuff in there, but they say they go from day to day. So that re- yeah. really affected the mood, and you can see that on a lot of tracks on this album. Yeah, that's that's nuts because I know what is it like? There's there's so much that that date has caused, like ov- obviously like absolutely tragic, but the the repercussions for like the metal world were were bizarre at the time because you had Metallica filming some kind of monster, and that's why Dave Mustaine turns up in the documentary because he couldn't all flights were cancelled so he was grounded so he affected he went to meet Lars and became part of that. Also famously the day Slayer's record was released, God Hate Us All. Wow. Yeah. And the yeah. there was after that there was a uh, a push to try and get Anthrax to rename himself because it sounded too terroristy. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and then like the New York Police Department actually came out and said like no uh, we like Anthrax we're New York they're a New York band we're New York guys yeah because they had there was a lot well someone was sending it in the post wasn't it on the f- to federal agency fucking you, you had to live goes. through those times kids I tell you yeah. weird days anyway so we walk a crooked mile walk a crooked mile You're not, you're not a fan of long outros. No, I've been on record with this, and the the bridge doesn't really do much for me either. To be honest with you, it sounds good. It's just not quite my tempo. But for an opener, I like I like the bridge, but I get what you mean. Where it just kind of ends. Mm. They kind of just it's it's not something I'm a fan of. Like I, I get where pauses and stops can work well, but that kind of just seems to stop, start. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like finish the solo. Right, start singing the verse again. But like, in, it, it's kind of just really abrupt. But in terms of the song itself, though, it is, like... It's still... It's, like, a really impressive number. Like, lyrically, it's fucking fantastic. Do you know uh, what this Crooked Mile uh, fairy tale or r- rhyme is about? I haven't really researched it too much, but I assumed it's, like... Because, Jim, it's towards the end, or it's the very last line. He says, walk a crooked mile in my shoes. So it it's almost like, you know, there's the expression to, you know, walk a mile in someone else's shoes to kind of get what they're coming from. But it's almost like, basically the verses are just questions, aren't they? Like, just rhetorical questions. Yeah. Like, how would you react to this? And I think it's effect- in effect saying that, you know, obviously not every, you know, we all like to think we're, like, righteous and, and judgmental, but there's obviously some people who would sort of exploit situations for their own gain i that's and the kind of thing people, i get from yeah. it and there are people who are exploited so it's like if you were a soldier how would you bleed so they're the ones being exploited. if you were in the rain what would you wear it's like it's the whole thing of like the the illusion of choice basically we're hungry for the answers that don't seem right but we don't care more yeah. classic I mean, if you were Armageddon. stuff 
Ma'am. Yeah, if you were Armageddon, who would you spare? If you were judge and jury, why would you care? When I was like, like it's Armageddon, fucking, it's a, coming for a, everyone. When I was a teenager, that was like the deepest shit. <laughs> like when I heard that, <laughs> I was like, whoa, that is amazing. That that this is what, what poet warriors sound like. If you were Armageddon, who would you spare? That's a great two liner there, man. Yeah, it's good that like because all the verses sort of follow that pattern, but they do sort of. Not trail off, but they sort of evolve from there because you you get them. How is it for the first verse, second verse, third verse? Kind of goes through it, and then we're hungry for the answers. Don't seem right, but we don't get. They sort of going on from that, so it's almost like the songs changing and evolving as they're going, which is something we haven't really seen for a bit because generally it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus solo somewhere in there then fade out finish from Motorhead um, or we found that on, on quite a few of the albums but it's nice that this song has time to to sort of evolve and I know you don't like long running times but I think it works here. it doesn't feel like it's nearly six minutes it's the longest song on the album is it yeah but it, it totally doesn't I know you've got the um, quite long solo and you've got sort of a very long outro but it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's nearly six minutes. Also, like that we get singing on the choruses as well. Yes, they mentioned in the or they mentioned in the studio book that Lemmy was able to harmonize with himself by ear, which is yeah. something that's like not everyone can do. The 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 engineer guy said like he's only seen like session guys do it because like that's what they get paid for. Come mm. in, figure this stuff out quick. Like well, people in proper bands don't usually do it as quickly as Lemmy did, but it it's such a nice tone to it, really, isn't it? Yeah, it it, it does. It he sings really well with himself. Um, but I suppose he's been doing this for what is it now, twenty five years at this point, and or oh, probably more than that. It's just with Motorhead, so although <laughs> they seemingly not had a lot of time in the studio, but. It is. It does change things up, and I do like like hearing him sing rather than bark or shout <laughs> uh, choruses. But really nice, really nice flow to the choruses. Like it, it creates a new sense to tone. it as well. There's like a sense of I don't know, sympathy to it. Like there's like a more somber mm. tone to this song now that he's actually singing. Yeah, there's all sorts of callbacks to like other albums and stuff as well because. You know, double bluff, throw down your cards. Where is it as well? It's earlier in one of the chorus. Can't play the ace in here. <laughs> or can't play that ace in here. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to talk about in this one. We'll be here a while, so let's let's keep going. Uh, down the line is the next one, isn't it? <laughs> Still too long Baby, please don't be mad 
about that song, man. Shows a sense of maturity in the songs that, like, you know, a lot of the back catalogue that's not about war and bastard politicians is about like, it's about women, and and bedding women and saying like, see you later, baby, I'm done. And that's kind of this is, is is that it's one of those songs, but it's with a sense of maturity to it now, where it's where he says, and I quote, I don't know what's wrong with me, and I don't know what I'm running from. So he he's he's aware of. I get a, a more mature point of view. This is a, it's like when you see Kiss, and I know we all have our opinions about Kiss, but you know, Strutter, Detroit Rock City, all that stuff, as historical pieces of music, fantastic. When you see them now, as old fellas in makeup singing this stuff horribly out of key, and it's like, ooh, this doesn't age well. <laughs> no wonder you're making new albums because no one wants to hear that shit. I totally get what you mean. It's like see what the, I'm yeah. the tone seems to be a lot. It's not. It's quite yeah. sad for a hey baby, I'm 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 done with you song. Yeah, it's <laughs> like I'm gonna love you and leave you, but it's not. You know, it, it you wouldn't have found this on like, well, uh, rock and roll, <laughs> probably the best one to pick out of there. Yeah, because that's. But yeah, it's. The, I get what you mean. It is. It is a bit depressing. Like, where is it towards the end? You know, I tried real hard. I tried so hard to stay yeah. here. Like you were saying about this maturity, even even towards, like, in the uh, last verse, it's, um, baby, I've got to go, you know, I've got to, I've got to move, got to take a gamble, even though I'm born to lose. Again, great, great callback, like two songs, like, li- like little callbacks yeah. like that, they can just pull out. Um, But yeah, I'll pass I'll pass this way again. I'll see you by and by. I wish that I could stay. I wish that I was lying. It's so sad. <laughs> so yeah, he wants to stay and like genuinely wants to say, but he's moving on, as you say, he's sort of whether it's addicted to the lifestyle or just feels he can't stay in one place. He, he it's not like I'm I'm just going now because this and like in that last calling. song as well, he's using the harmonies to create a sense of like more, you know relatability even a softness if you will like the where they, those harmonies come back on mm. those songs like i wish that i was lying do, 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 do. Uh, and the whole bass for the song is good on its own though you know as a, a more musical focus it yeah. sounds a bit like out of the sun though you know it's that the bass oh yeah it does a bit don't it yeah I, I prefer out of the sun to be honest yeah well it's, this these are like two slow starts to a to a, a bigger like You'd think we are would be Motorhead would be the one that would have cracked like a younger demographic because it's so like fast and in your face. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of this people bought this and then went back and bought We Are, and then that's what yeah. started the whole thing. Yeah, but even even back to just like so it's just really, not saying like really depressing, but it's like I'm I'm moving on down like like implying that. You know, things are just like on on a line. There's no deviating from that. It's like you yeah. go start to finish. You can't go back. You can't sort of veer off to one side. It's like just carry on straight forward towards the inevitable. Like it's it's really Fucking depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is a, a, a. I forgot anything upbeat to say about this. It's a good song, but it's a, it is a good song. It's really when, when you feel like in a bit of a mood, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the sad thing is, it's only going to get worse because Brave New World's the next track, and uh, hoof the. I fucking love Brave it's New World. It's a great song, and it ha- have right. you seen the video? 
Do you want to queue it up? Let me, let me tell people about the video. No, I haven't. I haven't actually watched the videos. It's it's fucking bizarre, man. It's like arty, and it's got like uh, you know, uh, like the super fans with like the tattoos, and there's one dude who's got like the yeah, snaggle yeah. tooth on his head. He's in the video, and he's like either in an insane asylum or a prison, but it's just him shirtless wigging out. It's fucking cool. <laughs> It's definitely the best video. I, I'm because I couldn't get my LP player to work, and I'm doing this digitally. I'm gonna watch the video, but you can listen along. <laughs> yeah, Brave New World. That half such people in it. because Uncle Liam's got a lot to say about this song. It's such a fucking banger, isn't it? It is such a good song. It's my it's my favourite on the album by a long way. Yeah. So much. see where that was the single. In the, yeah. So, of course, Brave New World is a quote from The Tempest, the Shakespearean play, Oh, Brave New World, that hath such people in it. But it is also a dystopian novel by... Uh, I don't even know the guy's name. Uh, it's one. It's on. There you go. Yeah, it's on my to read list. I'll get to it. But uh, someone can correct me on this if I'm wrong. There's a bit in Lemmy's autobiography, White Lion Fever, where he's talking about he was going somewhere away from where he lived to either audition a band, audition for a band, or audition someone for his band, and he, he knocked on the door, and uh, instead of the person he wanted, his mum answered like an old lady, and it's like, oh, he's not actually in. He's like, oh, well, I've got nowhere to go. And Lemmy says, I've got nowhere to go. Like, you know, uh, he told me he'd be here and we'd go to some house. He said, well, I don't know what to tell you. And she said, oh, well, uh, you might as well come and stay here until he shows up. And the, the, old, lady, the old lady just invited him to stay for a, a, a day or two. And I think that's in the context of the novel. He's saying, like, the brave new world that has this kind of people in it is not, is not what we're getting. We're getting... The, the 2000 era of the Brave New World that has the people in it. Like, it's a very Bush-heavy music video if you watch that back. Like, imagine like the, the mood in the studio when they just saw those planes going into that tower and uh, over the process of the year when they're making it and you just see all the shit that was going on and how it ended. Oof. Really bad times and all, all very well summed up in this song. Probably... Out on a limb here, Lemmy's best songwriting mm, ever. That's a that's a bold claim. In terms of an auteur of his time, like not like a rock and roll icon, like in terms of like social commentary, some a guy with something to say, which is what Lemmy was. You know, th- those songs. Orgasmatron's a great song about war and stuff because it's metal as fuck. This is a great song about society because religion, like the monster that it is, keeps telling you to turn the other cheek great on its own god is on your side i don't think that you're on his 
Jesus should now be in there next week. That's cheeky Lemmy stuff at the end of it, but religion like the monster that it is. Oh, so good. So, so fucking on the nose and brutal. There's no punches pulled on no, this one. Man. Like, there's so many lines like that. Just, it's vitriol, isn't it? It's it's just poking at mm-hmm. everyone who deserves it, giving them both barrels. I mean, you know, being poor is worse than having AIDS. The, co- the homeless living boxes on our AIDS. feet, <sighs> living in a constant state of dull, frustrated rage, the innocents shot daily in the street. I mean, this this could have been written yesterday. Yeah. With, I mean, things are, well, you'd hope that things are looking up now with... Hmm sort of the alt-right being out of the White House and, and things, but, you know, you've, you've still got a group of, like, vehement <laughs> vehement supporters who won't yeah. accept any sort of result. But, yeah, just, yeah, everyone getting in both barrels in this. Where What's the other line? Smoking um, dope will get you more than murder one, even worse than statutory rape. Don't understand, don't your, understand children. your children. So you so send them all to jail. <laughs> It's brilliant. I was like, a teenager it, when I heard I this for the first time, man. And like this is like the ideas planted in my head by this are what made me such a pioneer for social justice that I am, I think. Hmm. Everyone's a victim of the filthy fucking rich. Everyone oh, is a victim of the filthy rich. fucking rich though, aren't they? Yeah. He was not wrong. But he yeah, was not you, wrong about any of this. <clears throat> just every line. Like I know, I know we pick out the old line of like songs just to to discuss because we think like oh yeah that's that's the line where he put everything in it mm. but it's every line in this you can draw something from yeah yeah covers all the bases be man. a christian and god will set you free <laughs> packing so much into it as well because it's it's not just a song that's criticizing religious groups or politicians or you know the futility of war that we usually get it's almost like them all in one but he like each each one's got time to he's got time to make the point about it it doesn't feel like it's overloaded it just works really yeah. well i know i know obviously some parallels to to brave new world and i haven't read the book i've watched the series that was on recently obviously that's that's quite a lot different than this it's but you know, the, the point comes across that it's almost, that. you almost felt that, you know, you almost felt like the world changed in, in 2001 after those events, like things were never the same again. It was, it was a brave new world and it's almost like totally alien to what came before. I think, I think that just comes with like, because we grew up around that time. Cause I mean, that was, that was like 16 coming out mm-hmm. of. Sounds weird, but it's almost like childhood innocence for me. Like, was lost that day because I remember coming home from school and seeing it on because of the time difference. It was like three o'clock in the UK, but it's like you just, I didn't know anything about it until I got home. Um, because obviously, no mobile phones or anything like that, so you don't get news like that. But it's just bizarre to come home and see that on the TV, and it really felt like. You know, things really have changed. Yeah, man, it was like the first time as a young person that you'd put the news channel on just to see what the hell was actually happening, and and then yeah, you, you didn't go back to Nickelodeon after that, I guess. Well, I did because that's me. But wow, and again, on its own merits as an actual like metal song as well, just like that 
the riff, the uh, the speed of it, the the do 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 do. I love it. Great, great. Set it feels piece. like it could be an opener, kind of. Unlike yeah. unlike any other album, it feels like you know you open with something like this. This is something we're going to talk about. Especially at the Brave end, New but the World is all out of whack. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised it's not the first track on the album because it is like right new era, Brave New World. Let's go. <sighs> Uh, again, it only gets worse because the next song is "Voices from the War." He's he's got a point to make in this album, and he's making it straight away. That point is, we all suck. And yes, Lemmy, you are right. Then you're right now. Voices from the War. Dead fathers and sons, when all is said and all is done. Running for your life, dying for the cause, pawns in the game, voices from the war. If if you told me that was like a fucking uh, Wilfred Owen poem, I would have went, yeah, it is. But it ain't. It's a, it's Lemmy lyrics from a metal song, from a rock and roll song. I know it, it does. You know, it, you can really. I know there's a lot of Viking imagery in it, but like you could, you could relate it to any conflict. The fact that it evolves what and does, isn't it? He, t- he talks about war, but he, he, you know that he's talking about all war throughout time. Yeah, I mean, it, just the way the song evolves over. Again, like we've talked about this on on Walker Crooked Mile, the way the, you know, the structure sort of changes, but sort of you go from. You know, did they believe or did they die in vain? To oh, where is it? Is did they believe or did they die ashamed? And then did they die insane? It's almost gone through the the stages of of it where you know, obviously people. Yeah, that that join second chorus up. is yeah, exactly. That's the second chorus, the Valha- Valhalla happy hunting ground. That's like the people who are like. Oh, we'll be all right if we die in war because that's a noble way to go. Hmm. But then they're the, they're the same as the other people who were sh- just shoved into this shit, or the people yeah. that were. And then by the end, it's just man. sent people mad. Again, like lyrically amazing. Like this, this album so far is some of some of the best work that's we've seen saying, from yeah. Lemmy in a long time. What lyrics are you going off of? Are you going off the album in like? Yeah, um, although there are ha- various mistakes in there. <laughs> because uh, it doesn't have the like, little talky bit on it, does it? I know it doesn't. I'm a bit gutted about that. Because, like, it's interesting you, can, you can just hear it in the mix. But, like, you just pick up. Like, it's hard to, to pick it all up, start to finish, but you just get bits of it. 
like you know, I'm sure the, they're the coming people back who sent from you the dead there. to haunt you for the rest of your putrid fucking lives. Is the yeah. one that stands out to me. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting uh, that it's a spoken word bit in the middle of it because it's almost like him. Lemmy's wrote so many songs about it. He's taking a break to just say flat out, like, "Look, yeah, yeah, this is not fucking cool." And by the way, lads, the only reason these things keep up, these wars keep happening, is because people go fight them. Just don't go fucking yeah. fight them. <laughs> it's like they're just out to fuck you. It's like yeah, I know, I know. Like, this has got the um. Where is it? We've got the old saying, uh, like, PRMC lesson. parental advisory sticker <laughs> at the bottom, which is is just on the cellophane rather than the actual thing, which is nice. It doesn't cover the album, but but yeah, it's like the obviously in uh, Brave New World, you've got you know being a victim of the filthy fucking rich, and then like the two fucks, and it really sticks out because generally for for a band like this, there's not a hell of a lot of swearing on. On the album, no, there's not but... usually a lot of f- fucks, is there? Yeah. Weird, that. If you asked me to give you an example of another Motorhead song with a fuck in it, I couldn't think of one on the spot. One more fucking time. Apart from one more fucking time. <laughs> That's weird, that. Another uh, very sad but poignant and well-written song on the A-side of this rock and roll album. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. And again, it's still like, yeah, good riff. (laughs) But yeah, it's definitely, like you said at the start, like the more I think about it, because I've just kind of had this like in collection for ages, so it's just been on shuffle with other songs, but listen to it start to finish, knowing the environment it was recorded in and the time it was recorded in, you're really seeing that coming through on the the A-size. It's... um, it's, as I say, it's some of it's some of the best work that I think I've seen. Like just consistently good this album so far lyrically, amazing. Consistently good. Well, let's keep rolling then with a mine all mine, which promises to be a bit more chill <laughs> and a bit more old school rock and roll. Nice. That was a nice welcome change of pace, wasn't it? I don't know if it fits just going straight after um, Voices from the War. <laughs> it's hard to be if, to be fair. It's hard to segue from that to anything else in it. You might as well just go with opening up with "Good Looking Girl on the Corner." She nice enough to eat. Which brings me to my first complaint about this song, man. Where's the apostrophe s in that? She's nice enough to eat. She look over her. She look over and she smiles a little. She looks over. She's nice enough to eat. 
she look over. She looks. There's no apostrophe S there. To be fair, they, there's so many mistakes on the air, the inlay. Um, like it's not on, the inlay, though. It's definitely him saying it. Yeah, but on, on Voices from the War, it says Immortal Dead Fathers and Sons, and it's Brothers and Sons. In this, you've got uh, the first chorus down as you can't accuse me, honey. You know, I feel just fine, and it's abuse, the first chorus. Oh, you can't abuse me, honey. You know, I feel... Didn't pick up on yeah, that. Yeah, there's... Just the proofreading on this is fucking garbage you, you know like i've never like read the lyrics along to the song before though i've had it on many times obviously and i've always like done that thing where like you're singing along and you just go mm, 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 for the bit you don't understand to the uh, last verse just before the chorus uh, which turns out is going to be gonna be your man and you'll be glad that i am burn you in sexual fire <laughs> Yeah, there's Which, it's <laughs> delivered really weirdly that line as well. He's trying to do like a fucking Jerry Lewis blues thing on it, isn't he? Yeah. It's a it's a nice it's, enough song. It's harmless enough, isn't it? I'm I'm not keen, to be honest. It's, it's not it's, my favourite song. <laughs> but tell you what's it's like understatedly really good about it is the chorus. I know you know and I know where you go. Like That's just probably it's like a bit of a tongue bit. twister. It's yeah, if it fits in there really nice. I know you know, and I know where you go. I know you know when you know where I go. I know you know when you know where you go. Yeah. Say that three times fast. Well, he, he changes it every... Come on, people, try it at home. Every chorus, doesn't he? Yeah, I know that you know that I know. But like, know, that's probably the most interesting I know, thing I, I can say about <laughs> it. I know and you know that I, I know when you know that I know. And then it's, uh, I know you know, you know I know. I can't do that second one. Mm. I know you know and you know that I know. I know you know and you know that I know. I know you know and you know that I know. Oh yeah, I know you're mine all mine. Yeah, I've gone off the gates that song. It's fine. It's it's fine. I'm just, I'm just, Fair play to the lads having fun. Just, having a nice jolly old rock song after all that doom and gloom. I welcome yeah. it. I mean, Dizzy Reed on piano, who's on the, uh, the special thanks, but apart from the piano and the... I know that you know that I know. Type lines. I have. I haven't got much to say about it. Like it's. I I get that it's doing like the blues thing of like, if you don't say yes, I'm gonna be depressed. Like, I just hate myself for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm just not. I'm just not keen at all. It it's just too uh, slow well, plodding, and it's too much of a change in pace from I the other songs man. on the A side. I I appreciate. I appreciate stuff like this, like the, the old school, you know, uh, if you don't say yes, I'm going to be depressed, sure hope I'm doing okay, all that stuff. Oh, I like that. I've got time for that. I think maybe you've put down the line in place of voices from the water. Change it around like that, so at least it's a gradual thing into it and not come out of... I would have stuck it on the B side. Yeah, yeah you know, it wouldn't, we're not coming out of, you know... In the battle's misery, drowned in blood and fear, a hundred, hundred thousand for a hundred thousand years. To go was looking over, just checking me out, look me in the eye, like I was to die. <laughs> you what I was all about? Tell me, <laughs> tell me, please tell me, tell me what you're gonna say if you don't say yes. It's just we'll <laughs> we'll get to the running order at the end because I've got like a I've got a, a a fan running order that I think works it. <laughs> But uh, let's go to Shut Your Mouth next because it's been ages since I heard this song. I wonder if it's still good. So, proverbial 
flip to the B-sides by clicking on the sixth track. Um, there you go, shoot your mouth. song on the album. It's my mum's favourite song on the album. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Uh, a jaunty tune about being a young, roustabout teenager. We can all relate, can't we, Ma? I'm not keen on this. <laughs> You're not keen on this? No. No. What? what? It's such a nice... It's, like, it's a fun song. <laughs> it's Kick Out The Jams. It's Kick Out The Jams. What's wrong kick with out Kick Out The Jams? The jams? If you're gonna rip off "Kick Out the Jams," just cover it. It's not. It's like not. Everyone right, covers on. "Kick Out the Jams." Come on, it's not ripping off "Kick Out the Jams." It's a close it approximation the to exactly sounding like the same. It. It's not exactly the same. It's second cousins to "Kick Out the Jams." They've literally cut the end off. Well, that's the best bit. Do you do not like the bit when he goes, "No chance, say what." No yeah, dance that's... for you. No shit. I like that bit. If it were any other band yeah, the... that we sung, I'd go, that's corny, that. But because it works my head, I like it. The bit where it's trying, or not trying to rip kick out the jams off. It's not I like trying it. to rip kick the... but... There's only so many chords, man. But it's... Right, the riff is the same as... It's just exactly the same structure, except for the end changed slightly. There's ways next to you're do tell it, me, Next you're going to tell me that Under Pressure and Ice Ice Baby are the exact same song. They are. That's why you got sued for it. No, they're very different because Ice Ice Baby goes dum 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 That's at the end of the world of difference. How dare mm. you besmirch Vanilla Ice. Like, I'm, vanilla I'm, Ice? <laughs> I'm not getting into sort of music <laughs> copyright and ripping off because we could be here <laughs> all uh, day. And seen as like we'd be claiming fair use for this kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's just... I would have much preferred a cover of Kick Out The Jams <laughs> rather than this. If they were like, oh, Phil's come up with a riff and it sounds a lot like Kick Out The Jams and it's like, well, let's just play Kick Out The Jams. That's my logic with it. And like, it reminds me a lot of... Do you know the, the meme with Steve Buscemi pretending to be like a teenager? Hello, fellow teens. Like, hello, fellow kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it reminds me of that as well. And th- those two things just ruin the song for me. I don't know if well, I've ruined it for myself by doing that, but it's 
You're entitled to your very <laughs> wrong opinion. How about that? <laughs> how about we call that there? You know, it's interesting. I've always wondered like what the voice of this song is like because it, it's kind of phrased in a way or it's like like a mum giving a stripping down to the teenage mm. roused about child. But when you, when you when you really examine it, it's like society is is collectively speaking down to the youth. I guess that gives it mm. away with the last chorus is a. Uh, don't tell me no lies because I can read your eyes. You're clearly everything that we despise. Mm. Where the rest of it just sounds like a standard getting told off. Yeah, it does feel like that. Although we've talked about a lot of retrospective, like callbacks on this album. Like, you know, about talking about the aces and, and various things. But we've got the first instance, I think, of. What's the opposite of a callback, a call forwards? The world is yours. <laughs> yeah, I guess quite so. Far that's off. A, mm. a very astute observation, young Matthew, yeah. I'm guessing that's unintentional. I get, again, with the three things I take off this off this song, though, but I, I just... This is the problem with this album, and it kind of goes off a cliff after the first four songs for me. I, I don't know. But it's not... I'm, I'm just not keen on... With the tone that's set from the first four tracks to go to these two straight off, it, it just doesn't work for me. But it's not well, a You're not going to enjoy the rest no, of the album. No offence to your mum as well, because it's her favourite <laughs> song. It's her favourite song on this album. It's my third. Mm. Thank you very much. She, she always liked the songs that had like someone yelling shut up in them. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Nothing about it spoke to her. I hope. I hope not. Anyway, uh, shall we? Shall we move on and stop talking Go about on. my mum on the Motorhead podcast? <laughs> kill the world is no, the next track. I don't know what my mum's stance on that song. Gonna ruin that song for me. <laughs> negative Nancy, yeah. I'll admit it's another song I'm not overly keen on. Ah, <laughs> fuck you, man. It's great. This probably sums up my problem with this album: that it's not memorable. It's it's just. I'll say that like at the time. This was like one of my go-to songs, but over the years where more albums have come out, it's it's definitely mm. moved down the playlist a, a lot. To be fair, but at, yeah, at the time I was like, "This is a this is a winner." I still think it's good. There's some like really fucking awesome lyrics in this, like lyrics that are too good for this song, really. 
Like, uh, see the drowned, drink it all. Ain't no ocean deep enough to sink it all. See the mm. drowned, drink it all. That's fucking cool. I mean, some, some really... In- and I, I really like the last part. Like, I really like the last line. Uh, you say it's blasphemy, that's too bad. Could have been yeah. the best time you ever, ha- ever had. Really simple, but like expressing exactly what he wanted to express. Save yourself yeah. and kill the world. I mean, that, that I like that last motto. verse. Yeah. Yeah, that Have last verse time. is great. Like, as you've just mentioned that line, but um, see the burn, light your fire. Ain't no hell that burns enough for my desire. Like, like great lyrically. It's just, I think the music <laughs> lets it down in this. The, the two previous songs have been let down by both elements. Um, whereas this, I feel it just... <laughs> I don't know what it reminds me of. It feels like it's been done before, and it just feels quite, quite by the numbers. It could have done with a mm. better tempo, like a more ups. ups it is a bit up and speed. down because the intros. It's one of those riffs that's quite fast without feeling fast. If that makes sense, it's but like it, it just doesn't yeah. feel like it's moving quickly. But I kind of feel like with this because of the songs that have come after it everything's been we haven't had like a a song that punches like straight out the gate since like brave new world so voices from the war mine oh mine shut your mouth yeah, and this it, it kind of feels like it it's it's dragging its feet towards the end the, again just my opinion is album i'll tell you what is interesting though these shut your mouth and kill the world are like twin songs they go together because the person who's speaking in Kill the World is the person who's being to- spoken down oh, to yeah. and shut your mouth. Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but... But yeah, that... I wonder if that t- was intentional. Yeah, you got to move. Mama didn't raise no fool. Really, You've got it? to fight. Everything yeah. so he's saying where he doesn't necessarily... Well, from shut your mouth, he doesn't, obviously he doesn't agree with well, it. Ain't no hell that burns enough for my desires. Like, this song is just about having a good time all the time, whereas shut your mouth is like, nah, you're not here to have laugh and have fun. You know, you're meant to be morally upstanding. I wonder if it's going to tie into the third one. Oh, maybe it will. See, there's a you know, there's a, a nice fun start to this album. I keep saying fun. I'm trying to emphasize we're getting away from the tone of the beginning to classic mm. rock and roll terms here. Doctor Love, you know, that's that's yeah, that's a I think fun it song, right? It up a bit from now, I think. <laughs> Right, so Doctor Love. Well, let's put that on. Drop the uh, proverbial needle. Or click on the play button of <laughs> the song because the way we've done it. Click that play button. Just 
dick metaphors in that song for you. <laughs> Could have slipped a few more in. Wig, wig, wig. It's not just... Um, <laughs> it's not just dick. Um, double entendres as well. Where is it? Get her in her in-between. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible, that line. Yeah. That is yeah. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh every time I hear it, but it's still terrible. Oh, there's, there's, so, there, again, like this. I, we haven't really seen, or to me, we haven't seen like the, like the light heart as humor until this song in the in this record. Obviously, yeah, there's a lot of, of irony and, and pathos in there as as well. Like and, and finding like dark humor that way. But um, this is the one where you've got like some of the some of the classic light-hearted stuff like obviously you get in where is it it's in the first verse some somewhere like working the room with her cat clothes on messing up her minds mouth just made for cussing for kissing says a good man's hard to find and there's the call back <laughs> to it in the um in the second hard verse man's where is to it find. a hard man's good to find there. yeah <laughs> yeah it is the uh the light-hearted one but there's also like it it shows the intelligence of the songwriting with that, and even the line "I I want to examine her stamina," <laughs> is when it's sung is "I want to examine her stamina." Mm. It, it's it sounds like a fucking a Groucho Marx line. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's 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 clever shit, man. It's for dicks and pussies. Is what yeah. this song is basically about. I mean, it's the unlike the the other songs, like the the riffs, the riff feels better it feels like it fits more the record as well i mean it's cheesy it's called dr love i mean but yeah like you're trying to compare yourself to a kiss song that you know that's a mighty mountain to climb Mm. i should hate this (laughs) song but i don't um i don't know if it's because of where it's placed on the album with (laughs) other stuff i hate but like i Eighteen-year-old me would have hated this. It's like this is this <laughs> bollocks. This, but yeah, just some good puns, good riff, double entendres. I can see young Mahensman in his fucking Canadian tuxedo, all, all denim, sitting there listening to this with his, you know, kill 'em all flags in his bedroom. <laughs> what, Doctor Who? A good man is what to find? This is ridiculous. It is a bit ridiculous. Where you gotta else? laugh, though, so don't you? you, you it is ridiculous, but you gotta laugh. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. But she I makes it like awful it, hard, but... if you see what I mean. It's such a, it's such a, it's a carry-on song, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> That's pretty much what you can say about it. Yeah. What else? You just pick <laughs> out lines just to to sort of laugh at or cringe. Um, where is it? We've already said about the get her in. Call you just call me Doctor Love's quite cringy, but at the same time, it's like smooth as well. Yeah, it's just the the end. It's like where he he does the woman's voice, which is just his voice at a slightly higher pitch. <laughs> oh my! Again, you got a laugh. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's so something we've about established it. on this album so far. The world is terrible, and if you don't laugh, you'll go fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. So anyway, it's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the seal of approval from yeah. an older, wiser my hensman. 
what about No Remorse though? No eh? remorse. Not the album, the uh, the song. Yeah, again, again, that weird on. that writing a, a song about an album they released twenty years prior, eighteen years prior. I don't know. Anyway, No Remorse. Grown on me, no remorse. First time because I, I always sort of heard it. And you just hear the chorus and it's just no remorse, no remorse. Yeah, that repetitive bit. one phrase thing, man. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Yeah, that's the only thing. But the verses are amazing again. Like again, like fantastic, right? And all men need to know what waits for us: wooden box, worm and dust, maybe heaven, pearly gates, hasty prayer when it's too late. Burning hell, all is lost. Purgatory, fingers crossed. Which or who, yours or mine? Eternity's a long, long time. Brilliant, brilliant opening verse. <laughs> like I, again, it saying is, yeah. so much in in few words. I mean that that sums up everything. It's going from obviously the inevitable to whichever way you think about it. You know, whether you're religious or not, you've effectively got three things. There's the pearly gates. <laughs> There's sort of the underworld, <laughs> as it were, or mm-hmm. in effect, whether people want it or not. If you believe there's nothing afterwards, technically, form of purgatory. That's it, nothing <laughs> for all eternity. Like, just says so much in that what ten lines. But yeah, it's, I've this is but growing on me. I mean, the the chorus is a bit repetitive. It could have done with just having another line because I, I know what you're saying with no remorse no remorse no remorse and it's before that as well because <laughs> never minds never minds never fail yeah but it doesn't it doesn't really go anywhere if there was something extra added to the choruses i think i would have liked this a lot more and i think they did need to change it up as well because you get the double time on the drums towards the end but i feel if they'd have kicked into that for the choruses maybe had a bit more of an up-tempo chorus on it, and then gone into the drudge again of the verses, then I probably would have liked it a lot more. But it is growing on me. Just some things I would have chopped and changed around. I think it just kind of, it blows its creative load on the first verse. Mm. And it's such a long song with such a repetitive chorus. Yeah. Because as good as the first verse is, like the last verse is... Christmas carol, midnight clear, otherwise pits of fire, punishment-based desire, Satan waits goatee beard, long oil tail, nasty spear. It's it's not great. It goes into a bit, 
pantomime there, doesn't it? It just like, it just loses it. its flow. I mean, he's covered this topic so many times, and mm. it's basically it's it sounds like it's the kind of vocal style on Orgasmatron as well. Yeah, that really like really mm. guttural, I suppose. Yeah, it does remind me of like a, a March or Die or nineteen sixteen. March or Die, yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's grown it's on me. I don't hate it. Mm, okay, well, we have very different opinions about this album. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? What? What do you hate about that? Is it? Is it just the repetitiveness and the lumberingness of the song? And it's so slow. Yeah, it's just mm. there's there's nothing in it that really wants me makes me want to listen to it again. <laughs> no, I mean. I've I've got to admit I'm I'm a bit like this. I've had this on rotation for a long time, and I struggle a lot of times to to pick out. Like especially after the first side, because I I think really that the only one that sticks out on the B side is Doctor Love. Um, and on the first side, I mean they, we've talked about like Voices from the War, but it's not necessarily a song I pick from it. Like it's it's Brave New Worlds and. Walk a crooked mile that kind of sticks out from there for me. Interesting because my favorite song on this side has got to be the next one Red Raw. Red Raw, because it's like it it's basically like sacrifice, but with like fucking evil imagery. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of any song that's got, you know, double bass kick, pedals kick going like that, man. How can you not be a fan of that? Yes. It's the only time we've really had that on the album. When I hear the song, I like it. But if someone said, what does that go like? It's like, I can't tell you. (laughs) What does Red Raw go like? Tell me anything about the song. I can't do it. Monster in the Moonlights. I think I can remember without looking at the lyric sheet, yeah. It yeah, it reminds me too much of of other songs. Like there's the not to pick out these lyrics, but it's like unseen wet dream, <laughs> and it's like that. All I think of is Meme Machine. 
And this... And this this does remind me of almost a mix of Meme Machine and Nothing Up My Sleeve of Orgasmatron. And it just mm. reminds me of that album. Again, it's like at the time this was yeah. one of the standout songs, but now well, you've got the whole catalogue that you got into after you got this. You'd be like, oh yeah, I'll just go listen to Meme Machine. Mm. I mean, I do, I do like the song. I really like the song, but I can't... Going back and like saying, what's it go like? How does it go? Any of the it's lyrics. the most thrash on the album, though, it's, isn't it? It's one of those. It's good when it comes on, yeah, and it's it's good to have that because we haven't we haven't had that on this record. No. Like everything's been a lot slower pace. It's been slow and lumbering, whereas now we've got we've got it really kicking into gear. Definitely the fastest, isn't it? Yeah, but nice to, nice to have double bass and everything because I mean you'd just expect that from now. They've been doing it for twenty five mm. years at this point. And it's on the second album, <laughs> like pioneered that kind of style of drumming, and like it's good to hear it on here. But it's just a shame that I really like just the songs. Not I memorable. like the chorus though. Like I like how it changes the the tone of the song. Mm. It doesn't feel like it's part of Me- that song. It feels like it's its own thing. It, it, it's like. It just invokes a circle pit to me, that part of it. Like the rest of it is just like a good thrash yeah. about, but there's some organized chaos to it as well. Yeah, I mean we do have they do do that really well on this record where Phil will let chords strum out and then there'll be you know, the line over that bit. You've got it in here, you've got it in Brave New World, where it works they do work really well. It's just I think it just needs a hook. If it had like a really good hook on it. I think more people would latch onto it and and like it, but as as we say, because we can compare it too much to stuff of Orgasmatron, and this whole album reminds me a lot of Orgasmatron for some reason. I think it's almost like the experimental type nature, yeah. almost coming with two different, coming from two different sort of standpoints. Because Orgasmatron is almost playing around with a new lineup, new drummer, obviously two guitarists rather than single guitarist they had before and obviously this the tone of what's going on at the time feeding a lot into what the album will become but yeah the, just those two records just seem really experimental and everything is almost throwing a lot at the wall and see what see what sticks and again like it i like the song but it's not it's not one where i'm like it's a takeaway off the album because i think it's just too as good as it is, a really good change of pace. Like, you know, proper, as you say, circle pit song. There's nothing else I can latch on to apart from it's just a good circle pit song. I can't pick out any lyrics. And I can't really pick out the riff as well because it sounds a lot like other song riffs. Yeah, I, I, it is a good riff. Like, uh, it's, uh, it's one mm. I like to hear, but again, put up against other ones, I'd be like, uh, yeah, these are kind of similar. Yeah, I still nice. I, I, I move on. To yeah, I feel like I I enjoy oh. it for what it is. It's not one of the ones I want to overthink. I, the only overthinky part of it I'd say was like they could have cut one of the verses out for such a quick song to be mm. four minutes in length with that much going over the kind of same subject as well. You could have got that in three verses. Mm. Yeah, agreed. He says. So the last song yeah. on the album is where <laughs> shit gets experimental. I am right. the serial killer. Minute 40. I am right. the bloody Go. hand. 
I am the chief whore-taker. Spooky, this. I am the chosen one. I am the red straight razor. The one who bathes in blood. I am the boogeyman. I am the empty yawning hood. Look not for pity, no. I am the heartless man. I come to fix all things. I am the one-man band. You cannot yet imagine how you will dance for me. But you will dance forever to the tune that I decree. The kingdom of the worm is all things to us all. But I will teach you many things before I let you fall. I am the black dead nightmare. I bring a light so bright to illuminate the path we take. I show the way that all hearts break. And I will see the old world's back be broken as we descend into the awful, howling night. That's a peculiar little number. Do you think the reason why the uh, the production credits list a different person for this song is because the uh, the producer just didn't want to be involved with it? I th- I'm I'm assuming it was mixed. the The thing I'm getting on is I'm assuming it's mixed for when they did the game. So I reckon it's been done when that was recorded yes. with. I would say Jim Johnson yeah, because I remember there's a yeah but they went somewhere else to do it because they did like a little video that I barely remember yeah. which is also why Triple H does vocals on this song as well. yeah yeah Triple H if you can call them vocals <laughs> I hate Triple H uh, it's it's it is weird isn't it but it's good in that it sets the precedent for like oh let's just do something random on this album as well yeah I mean, it's been done before, I guess, with like, you know, uh, don't let Donny kiss me, but like, it didn't stay a theme. It kind of stayed a theme going forward from this, didn't it? Yeah, I I kind of feel For like while, this, anyway. you should open the album with something like this and then kick off into it. Or kick mm, off into that's it. That's an idea. That, that's just because it, it's so short and, you know, again, from the, out, the art of an album running start to finish, like, for me... You should end on a banger, and fair enough. I know we've we said Red Roar isn't the most memorable song, but that would be a good way to finish. Whereas this feels like it's gearing up for something. It's almost like an introduction because it's so short, and it's like this is what I am. I am the serial killer, and going through all this like imagery, and then it just sort of ended. And yeah, it's weird, man. I guess that that's the kind of shit that worked for a lot of young teenage metalheads, though, like who were just into the <laughs> the violence and gore part of the scene. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, some it's not for me, but whatever. Some interesting imagery, you know. You cannot yet imagine how you will dance for me, but you will dance forever to the mm-hmm. tune that I decree. It's uh, interesting lines and like again, amazing sort of lyricism. To come up with, but it's with not going to find like your this. way into a playlist, though, is it? No, no, not at all. <laughs> the same way you wouldn't put. You're like, not going to do Marshall it live Dye. either, are you? <laughs> like, yeah. 
Same so way you uh, want Pop March or Die or I mean Orgasmatron's the the one. It's Orgasmatron is like the gold standard you have you hold this kind of stuff up to. And there's not a lot that comes close to it, what they did mm. since in terms of the experimental songs. But yeah, this this isn't a song, this is an intro. You got anything more to say about Serial Killer? Didn't they do a video for this as well? If I remember. So I think I've seen the video uh, for this. Yeah, because it's an extra on the extended uh, double disc. Mm. And it's basically just one of the scenes that they set up for the Brave New World video. Ah, right. That was that bit. They just filmed the whole thing there, you know? Yeah, right. So, yeah. That's the album. A weird album with lots of experimental and very dark things happening on it. Hmm. So overall thoughts? Overall thoughts are, here's what the running order should have been, right? Open with Brave New World, uh, Voices from the War, Walk a Crooked Mile, Down the Line, uh, Kill the World, no, Shut Your Mouth, Kill the World, and then Mine All Mine, uh, Dr. Love, I don't think the rest of that is it is. No remorse serial killer at the end, yeah? Yeah. I just I just mess her up with the order of the the A side, is all I'm saying. Hmm. I think what maybe you? Op- would you? maybe open with serial killer. Like the order's just too up and down. I'd I'd keep it the same, maybe move mine or mine. Oh no. Move down the line with voices from the war. And then it sort of fits a bit better. Yeah. So swap those two, swap down the line, Voices from the War, put Serial Killer at the start, and then I, I'd run it like that. But it's just too up and down that the A-side's more memorable than the B-side. For me, it's just, it's a real hit-and-miss album. Like, it's, you've got, you know, Walk a Crooked Mile, Brave New World, Voices from the War. You know, we'll put Doctor Love in there as well. So, like... <laughs> Yeah, what else is it? Down the line is quite good. So yeah, you've got for me, you've got five good songs and then five subpar songs. So it's it's just it's literally an album of two sides. For me, it's it's just too up and down. Like the the songs I do like, yeah. I like, but the issue for me is they're not memorable. Apart from like Brave New World, like I can't really. Yeah quote the choruses, give you verses, do, do it, describe how the riffs go. It just seems a bit, it's not memorable enough for me. Like, sometimes, I know you can't just rely on hooks, but there's just not enough hooks in here for me. Well, I I definitely see that my fondness for it comes from a big place of nostalgia, but mm. I also do stand by the songs that you don't stand by. Like, I, I really like I really like Doctor Love. Uh, mine all mine. I'll have that. Brave New World is again the finest example of a Lemmy songwriting. Mm. It's a, it's a good album, in my opinion. I'd say it's a good album. Mm. I think when it's good, it's really good. But <laughs> when it's bad, it's bad. That and that's mm. the best I can say about it. But yeah, I I totally get. I want to talk where you're coming from with sort of growing up with this album. Has that sort of changed in the 20, 
no, well, 19 years mm. since first hearing it. Like, has your opinion... My opinion changed. Uh, probably just really only on... Uh, no, even, like, No Remorse was the only one that I remember, even at the time, having the exact same problem with. Mm. Again, like I say so many times before, I'm all about taking the singles from the album and putting them in into playlists, and I could yeah. get, like four songs off of this and put them on a playlist no problem yeah I think I think I'm a bit lower Brave New World even even Walk a Crooked Mile I think that's probably the second best song on the album for me but mm. I, ju- I just can't pull I, I usually don't like the slow ones but I really do like I really do like Walk a Crooked Mile mm. I want to talk before we end because the battery's running out I want to talk about the thanks section on this because it's really fucking bizarre. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I like how uh, Lemmy's thanks is just the quote, it cost how much? Yeah. But then I mean, let's let's have a look at some of the weird examples in here, man. I yeah, mean, I mean, Phil knows a guy called Caligula. That's weird on its own. <laughs> I, but I ahead, get... the band have got the weirdest list. T- Drew Kerry? the fuck was Drew Carey doing involved with Motorhead? Yeah, I mean, there's... I'm I'm thinking maybe the wrestling connection with that, because was this around the time Drew Carey was was in the Rumble? No, that that was that was way after, actually. Was this it? It was 2002. That was like 2009, if, if not 10. Mm. That was why I stopped watching by then, because of shit like that. But speaking of that connection, when it's at the at the end of the thanks, it's all, uh, all at WWF, Triple H... Vince Shane, Sue De Rosa, singing. Bret Hart. Bret Hart was not in WWF in 2002. No, he wasn't. But it's the fact that Stephanie... Stephanie's name's spelt really wrong. Stephanie is spelt wrong. And McMahon <laughs> is the wrong spelling of it. But they've, if you look in the thanks from Phil, is it from Phil? They've spelt it right. Just, <laughs> like, on, honestly, there's just so many... Spelling errors and uh, sort of grammatical problems with this. It's it's unbelievable. Like, did no one proofread this? I mean, you expect the odds, the odd one or two, especially with, like, lyrics, because during the mixing process, they might sort of say, oh, we're going to use this take. We're going to use this take, so that line's going to change slightly. So I can see how mistakes might end up in there, but it's just consistent all the way through. But yeah, some really interesting credits. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman and Trauma Films are in there as well. <laughs> um, you must have had a else? song on a, on a movie at some point. Yeah, I, I mean, like this the bands that you've mentioned, like they've not Nashville Pussy. They must have been torn with them at this point. Yeah, and there's uh, there's Metallica, Zebrahead? Lars, James, and Kirk. Because Jason's left. Oh yeah, and it must be before they uh, before they got Rob. <laughs> So yeah, I just, just noticed Ron Jeremy's thanked on this as well. Yeah, he's on there as well. I'm assuming that's the trauma connection. And Mike Judge. Is. Oh yeah, Mike Judge and is on there, there. Any motorheads? 2002 would have been uh, King of the Hill times, not mm. Beavis and Butthead times. But go back, yeah, why the hell is Zebrahead on this? What Bill saw Zebrahead and Motorhead together? <laughs> that's fucking bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, list of thanks on there. Obviously, like Ricky Any Rackman usual. as well. Huh? Who's Ricky Rackman? He presented Headbangers Ball. Oh, the dude from Headbangers Ball. Yeah. 
That's what I call them. Well, that's the album, gang. What a fun trip down memory lane that was for me. Oh, uh, Earl the Plant Guy as well. Earl the Plant Guy, <laughs> Skackle. They must have had different oh, plants in the studio for different days. Mm. It's Tuesday, bring the chrysanthemums in. Anyway, interesting album. Gonna brighten this place up a bit. From an interesting time. A lot to talk about on that, but... Yeah, oh, and there's also the, uh, the the double album CD had two live tracks on it as well. It had, I'm not going to wiki this, I'm going to go from memory. It had Ramones, or R-A-M-O-N-E-S, and it had Shoot You in the Back. And for ages, they were like two of my favorite Mohead songs, even though I didn't have those albums. Because I never went back and bought the albums. I just kept buying bests of. Yeah. It wasn't until I got older in life that I was getting albums. There were so many best ofs. Like yeah, I, I you don't could know just how. survive off the best ofs. I've I think got that's because like the rights CDs still here. Yeah. I think that's because the oh, rights yeah. bouncing around about between before, various yeah. companies. Uh, final thoughts on Hammered? Eh, I'd. It's not a keeper for me. Some good songs, but just not memorable enough. Like it, it needs more hooks on there. Just half good, probably par album, really for me. Well, I, I'm still putting it up there with this. I. I I remember liking Inferno at the time and for years after as well. But put me on the spot now, I can't think of what's on the next album. I fucking love Inferno. Fucking it's, love it. I remember it being a good album, but... Yeah, we'll get, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll find time. out next time, won't we? Yeah, I guess we will. Thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at Moto Monthly. I think. I don't really know. Don't care either. <laughs> Follow me on YouTube, though, because uh, we've got all sorts of stuff going on YouTube. At Top Hats and Canes, which is the production people who make this. Uh, me and I have got a D&D campaign going on there now, which isn't that metal-related apart from Matt's character. It's called Snaggletooth. Mm. <laughs> he hits things. <laughs> yes, he's, he hits things, and, <laughs> and he's called Snaggletooth. That's his whole character arc. Any hoozles, uh, thanks for listening. Join us next month, where we'll do another album on the Motorhead Monthly Podcast. Excelsior and fade out.